Have you ever asked yourself, what's the best way I can contribute to sci-fi and fantasy in the literary world? If you have, the answer is simple. You just have to be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt and host the Sword and Laser podcast. If for some reason you can't be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt, however, don't despair. All is not lost. You can still head over to patreon.com slash swordandlaser and help fund their hard work. Every cent you give adds more swords and more lasers to their growing arsenal of speculative literary goodness. That's patreon.com slash swordandlaser. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And we cure your asthma. Ah, man. Can you Can say you cure it's so my much allergies? more. I feel like sometimes we're under-promising. It's so much more. And we so much more. brought about world peace. We explored the solar system. We... I mean, we still have time. We still we have do. Time. We're going. We're doing these things. We haven't done them. I'm so unstuck in time. It's all this time travel. I know, and this whole like mortality thing. It really yeah, gets in the I'm way. I'm giving that a miss. I think we need to just like fix that one first. Yeah. Hey, I'm that actually in... fits really nicely into our book of the month. We are Legion. We are Bob. That's true. It really does. Uh, not to get spoilery or ahead of ourselves, but would you? be okay being an infinitely replicated version of yourself. Yes. But that's not you. Or we'll, is it? Okay, we'll talk more about that later. All right, all right. Good, good, definitely good. save that for the, the discussion. Uh, what are you drinking this week, Tom? Water. Oh, that, that, Water, uh, that the H2O as the English blend. Say. Water. I, went, I water. went dry asking for water in America because they all say water. I thought it was Water. St. John's wort. No, I'm, I'm drinking water. Uh, I need to stay hydrated. By golly, okay. and so I am. I don't know. I actually just forgot to pour myself a drink is what happened. You can go do that. I can entertain <laughs> I them. I mean, literally, this is not live. So you could go do that. Jim can fix it so it feels like you never left. No, but you know I don't like that. Cinema verite. All right. All right. Wait, podcast verite. I don't speak I am, Latin. I am drinking a flying fish. Have one for me. IPA. Um, Tom got this for me. Oh, is I'm that still, what I got? I'm still burning through the nice. beer of the month club. Very cool. Yeah, it's good. I like. I like. It's hoppy. I like. Uh, I like a hoppy. Does it make you hoppy, hoppy beer? It makes me happy. I'm very happy right now. Good. I'm glad to hear it. All right. Let's enough of these shenanigans. Let's jump into the quick burns. Is that offensive to me because I'm Irish? shenanigans hey uh tom said it seems some helpful people have asked another bunch of helpful people about the wheel of time series on the amazon chat service and they got mixed results but most of the answers was that yes the wheel of time is on the way uh you can check out the four chats at a post at wheelofTime.tv. so much to unpack in this story first of all deadline reported that amazon was working on wheel of time a while ago so Mm -hmm. it's probably true that they are amazon still hasn't said anything official about it (laughs) and these chats are notoriously unreliable the people working on these chats don't know they do web searches so some of them probably found the deadline article and said "Uh, yeah it looks like we're working on it (laughs) 
And there's one that said, ah, I'm really, really sorry. No, we, we're not we're not doing that. And that person probably doesn't know either. So I, I would take these with like a big old teaspoon of salt, unless you have high blood pressure, uh, then your favorite salt substitute. But either way, uh, I wouldn't rely on this one way or the other, but it is. Yeah, kind of I mean, literally somebody on this conversation was like, this information seems to be true. Just well, a I'm moment. Sorry. I will search for this. We don't have any official announcement for this. So yeah, take take with a, a very large grain of salt. Yes, uh, our team is working on adaptation of this series and it will be soon launched. Hmm. Well, I, you know, I, I I think it's really funny that people are apparently harassing customer service reps for information on the Wheel of Time <laughs> if series. They, they, if anything, this proves that they should definitely get this show out there that people are excited for it yeah all right well moving on uh the fall of gondolin will be the second new tolkien work to be released in two years following the release of baron and luthien in may of 2017 edited by tolkien's son christopher tolkien and illustrated by the hobbit and lord of the rings artist alan lee Morgoth against the sea god Ulmo. Morgoth is trying to discover and destroy the hidden city of Gondolin, while Ulmo is supporting the Noldor, the kindred of the elves who live My in the name city. My is Ulmo. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if the sea god sounds like that, Tom. I think it's more I'll like, protect the city. Um, me, Ulmo. Tickle me, Ulmo. Supporting that would be a the great. Noldor. That's a spinoff. I heard. I heard that. That's the. <laughs> yes. The, uh, who who posted this story? We missed them. Uh, I did. I oh, you did. <laughs> I put this story in here. Yeah. Um, this this was a surprise. A lot of people felt that Christopher Tolkien had sort of said goodbye after uh, Baron and Luthien, um, mm-hmm. but this is kind of the last of this era of work. These were all stories that J.R.R. Tolkien had created at the beginning of his thinking about Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they've been tidied up and 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 smoothed out, but they are the foundation myths of everything that came later in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. I'm looking forward to the adaptation of Tickle, Tickle Me, Olmo, <laughs> yes. coming to Amazon, according right. to their customer service reps, uh, very soon. The old one's telly monster gave rise to Olmo. <laughs> Uh, Netflix confirmed that its adaptation of Andrzej Sapkowski's The Witcher books will be eight episodes long and shot primarily in Poland. Yes! This according to The Word Zone. Yes, Uh, and there's even a picture of the executive producer, Lauren Hisrich, with Sapkowski. They're drinking brandy. It looks, yeah, at first I thought it was champagne. But it does look like cognac, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Andrew Sapkowski looks like somebody you do not want to mess with. He looks serious as f, man. Like, he will he he will talk all day about The Witcher with you. Is what that look on his face is. But don't you mess with him. I would gladly hang out with him and drink brandy and talk about The Witcher. Yeah. Or cognac. I don't care. I would drink anything. That's it. I'm having some brandy on the next episode. I'm pretty mm. easy to uh, brandy. <laughs> Brandy. Brandy. That's a callback. Wow. <laughs> like two people. Two people, maybe. One of them is Josh. Got that yeah, joke just right. now. Uh check your buzz out loud history. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about this. You know, I talked about this on Court Killers with Brian Brushwood, and he was all confused because he's a Witcher video game fan. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, so wait a minute, they're not basing it on the video game? What are these books? Like, oh, no. I don't understand. There's gonna That's going to be something they're going to have to deal with, I think. That's interesting. Well, I mean, they're not that crazy different. No, they're not. And, and I feel like Sapkowski makes a bigger deal out of this than maybe anyone really cares what the differences will be. There's going to be differences no matter what. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Hmm. 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 Okay. Well, we'll just have to watch and find out. Please make I will them. definitely be watching no matter what. Yeah, me too. Mark says, 11 books Elon Musk thinks everyone should read. The list includes several science fiction and fantasy classics, plus nonfiction on artificial intelligence and more. And as John Nevitz pointed out, they are just books Musk has mentioned in previous interviews, not a list list uh, that Musk compiled as a recommendation. Yeah, because Daryl pointed out, she's like, huh, they're all white male authors. <laughs> and people are like, well, okay, Musk didn't create the list. They just went and looked at his interviews, and these are the books he mentioned. So take that into account, I suppose. It's not like Elon prepared a list of these are the books you have to read. Um, but And you know, honestly, most white dudes grew up reading white guy science fiction and fantasy. And yeah. that is just... Well, I grew it, up reading mostly white guy science fiction and fantasy. Go back so far enough and they you know, were really only publishing white guy science yeah, fiction. So and fantasy, like right? I don't know if that's a, a really great criticism at this point. Um but Lord of the Rings, uh, of course, uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, uh, Benjamin Franklin and American Life by Walter Isaacson, that which is a rip right? uh, rip roaring space opera. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that yeah. one personal favorite of mine. Um, yeah, a lot struck, of these are nonfiction. That's a lot of these are. I'll, let's, I'll skip through and see if I can find uh, some of the. Ooh, that's cool. These look like some cool books, actually. Uh, the nonfiction ones, oh, foundation, especially. The foundation. Series. Foundations in there. That's true. Moon is the a, moon harsh is a harsh mistress. mistress. Obviously, he's that a sword is and not laser fan. at all surprising to me. Um, but very cool, cool stuff on, on AI as well. Uh, Amazon is developing a TV show based on William Gibson's The Peripheral. Scott B. Smith will be writing. And uh, Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan are signed on as executive producers. Oh, Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan. They do Westworld. That is right. If you're like, wait a minute, why do I know those names? That's Mm -hmm. why. The Peripheral takes place in two different futures connected through a virtual reality game. One of the futures is relatively close to our present day. And the other future is several decades farther along after society has collapsed. Hmm. Uh, Keith says, the track record for bringing Gibson to the screen, big or small, isn't exactly Sterling or Bruce Sterling. Mm. But he's, uh, pun aside, that's true. Haven't seen a successful Gibson adaptation. Doesn't mean it can't happen, though. Yeah, and those are those are two great people working on it, for sure. Um, man, the new season of Westworld already off to a... To a- crazy start so yeah i would be i mean they've proven themselves in that space so i would love to see i haven't read the peripheral no i haven't read the peripheral either actually and i'm a big gibson fan uh i love the pattern recognition series Mm -hmm. um and i've fallen behind mostly because i end up having to read these books for sword and laser so idoru is one of the first ones that i've read um and i i don't know if they ever did an adaptation of that was neuromancer our first book no, no, was, American Gods was no the Golden Compass was Golden Compass no American was. Gods was Neuromancer was the first podcast book I think I think so and the if other only two... we had some kind of oh dude I have to give thanks to to Sean Looky Look Santa Looky Look 
and uh, the other folks who helped me out because I was editing the wiki um, for for to send off to the Hugos because they need oh, an right. index yeah. of episodes. And I was like, wow, wait, we already have an index of episodes on the wiki. So I went and it had like stopped like mid 2017. And I was like, shit. I have to edit the wiki. So I went in and I couldn't figure out how to do anything. And so you can like clearly see where Veronica takes over <laughs> and can't figure out how to center any of the copy or the text. Oh, and no. like, so finally I reached out to Tazzy Dave and, and he was like, you got to ask Sean or someone else. I, I don't, I haven't done this one or something. And uh-huh. so <laughs> Sean actually saw the updates come in from Wikia like, Veronica's attempting to edit this thing. And so he goes in, he was just, I could just imagine him just like shaking his head, Rolling his being eye. like, oh, Belmont, Belmont, Belmont. Uh, so he fixed it. He cleaned it up for me. So thank you, Sean. I appreciate you. That was awesome. And, and I got to send off a nice PDF to the Hugo committee so they can see our episodes from the last year. It was Golden Compass first, then Ender's Game, then American Gods, then Neuromancer. It was the fourth of our books. Wow. Ender's Game was second? Yeah. That's really not how I remember it. Was American Gods the first podcast episode? I think that might be true. Yeah, that's what I feel like I remember because I know I, I definitely like got to talk about we the did that we ended up yeah. the murderous vagina. Right? How could spoiler. we not have talked about that? I oh, definitely yeah, talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? Wait a minute. What is that vagina gonna? Oh, I was spoiled. Oh, I know what it's gonna do. Nobody could have seen that coming. Anyway. Time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. So our first Barrier Sword uh, comes from Trike, who said, here's a neat factoid I just learned this morning while walking the dogs and listening to the Writing Excuses podcast, which sounds like a lovely way to spend your time. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Andy Weir met Ty Frank and Daniel Abraham, a.k.a. James S.A. Corey, at a con, and they all thought that Weir's The Martian served as a prequel to Leviathan Wakes. So we wrote Artemis to more fully link the two. So by author agreement, these books are all canonically linked and exist in the same universe, which is kind of cool, if you ask me. Now, people go on to say, well, you know, they, they've said they're not really canonically linked and it was kind of a joke. Andy Weir has said they're not in the same continuity, uh, though there is an homage in the books uh, with a ship called the Mark Watney. So, <laughs> so they're... I, mm-hmm. I feel like these three authors are like, hey, your books could could exist in our universe. And so, mm-hmm. can, you know, like, that's oh, kind of fun. Let's play with that idea. But I don't think they're formally canonically linking them. And I don't think Trike is suggesting that. He, he writes, they are canonically linked. And I think that's a good way to put it. I think that's a fun way to put it. And I, I, I love thinking about that. And I love that authors are having some fun with that, too. And it just makes... You know, it gives me the giggles and it's fun to look out for stuff like that. And I just like when authors talk to each other and do stuff like that. Especially really good authors mm-hmm. like these three. Um, yeah. And, and I I love the idea that the Martian could be in the same universe. I get why they don't want to nail it down. Because what if Andy Weir's like, well, I actually have a third book and it's totally going to contradict things that happen in The Expanse. So I, I need to be free to write my story. Um, but yeah, maybe an alternate Mark Watney uh, is actually exists in the Expanse universe. That'd be mirror cool. universe, mirror yeah. Martian universe. Yeah. Why not? The Mark Watney with the goatee. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And then we have a post from Nick who says, sage advice comes from the old adage, never shop for groceries when you're hungry. The other day I learned a new saying in relation to that. 
Never browse your local bookstore while listening to old episodes of Sword and Laser. I spent two hours dithering around, unable to make up my mind as to what I actually wanted to buy as a result of just how many books Tom and Veronica were talking about in the marathon of episodes on my Overcast app. Short of spending $200, I left the store empty-handed, but much wiser. Next time, I'll know better. Perhaps I'll leave my iPhone at home or just have Spotify open. No, keep listening to us. Um, <laughs> I like the suggestion from Ruth, which is just spend the $200. What else are you going to do with that money? Waste it on frivolities like food? I mean, I give myself this very problem. Uh, the The title of this post is Analysis Paralysis, which I kind of think Nick just came up with and then had to fill like an actual story behind to get to use that title for something. I've heard that phrase before. Though. Oh, yeah. Analysis yeah. Paralysis. Yep. I like it's it. I dig it. Okay, Nick, I take it back. Your story is true. <laughs> um, but I, I deal with the same thing all the time. I mean, especially now that that vaginal fantasy is ending and I have a little more time to to read regular books, I have definitely found myself scrolling through my want to read section mm. on Goodreads because when we talk about stuff, I add it to my want to read list. So I have a huge list of stuff that I, I want to get around to reading. And sometimes I don't really remember why I put something on the list. So I have to to like, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, was this a recommendation? Did we talk about this? Where did this come from? So have you ever looked at something and been like, this doesn't sound very good, but you know, why did I do that? that? Everything you put on your list at the time, you're like, Oh, that sounds great. I'm going to put that on my list. Like Mm -hmm. maybe we just, we grow, we change. Uh, so yeah, I, I totally relate to this, Nick. It is a it is a good problem to have. I think it is a, 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 a what do they call it? A, a an embarrassment of riches, so to speak. You're an embarrassment of well, riches. But thank you for listening to back episodes. That's awesome. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you find something good in there from from our suggestions. Let us know if you if you pick something out. Let us know what you ended up with and, and how you like it. I had a uh, recent experience like this. I went into a Barnes and Noble because I was waiting for my car to be serviced, just mm-hmm. a normal service, and I was killing some time. And I kept walking around thinking, should I buy that book? Well, but I have this one I'm reading on my Kindle. Or, well, but I, do I want to carry it around? Or, well, mm-hmm. will I really like it? And I just ended up not buying anything. I felt bad. I had spent all this time walking around, breathing their air. And I mean, Tom, look behind us. I know I'm not us. a belter or anything, but... Still, both both Tom and I are are yeah. sitting in Speaking rooms with bookcases behind us, <laughs> and I have not read like half the books on that bookshelf, which is embarrassing. Um, so, and I also have about ten books on my currently reading list on Goodreads. I could just cruise on through those and and finish reading them, and that would be enough. Uh, and but that's anyway. why Sword and Laser is going to three books a month. <laughs> Yeah, gotta gotta crank on through. All right, let's let's jump into the book of the month discussion, um, and and talk about uh, we are Legion, we are Bob. But first, yeah, before that, before we spoil, before we spoil with the wrap up of we are Legion, we are Bob, uh, we are going to be reading next month, Knight's Master: Tales from the Flat Earth, book number one by Tanith Lee. You at least a handful of you demanded Tanith Lee, and you're getting Tanith Lee. Final. So it's, it's dictatorial, but it's also finally. Ooh. Oh god! Oh god! What have you done? That god. can't be the worst one I've ever said. They can't. No, I think they're just cumulative. 
Mm. It's like at this it's point, like every glass. new one is a. You can drop a glass like ten times, and it just builds up fragility mm-hmm. until finally it breaks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Until finally, my my fragile psyche cracks yeah. for good. The pun that broke the camel's back. Yep. Um, so it, it is great though because it's uh, three bucks on Kindle. And there's also tons of paperback versions, and it's probably in your library. Um, so I'm excited to read this. I haven't read any Tanith Lee before, and I've heard great recommendations from people like Felicia, for example, Felicia Day, uh, people from the forums uh, over on Goodreads. And she is a, a very award-winning uh, fantasy writer. Uh, she's won numerous awards, including the World Fantasy Award for Life Achievement, the Bram Stoker Award for Lifetime Achievement in Horror. Um, and you were saying, too, that the second book in this series is also a an award winner. Yeah, uh, Death's Master is, was, was, a world fantasy, was her World Fantasy Award novel uh, ah. winner. And all of that stuff, by the way, is in the book briefing, which I did get around to posting before we recorded this episode. Nice. So the patrons already have it. So you've had mm. approximately 15 minutes to do that. Good job. <laughs> I had a little bit I longer decided. than that. But yeah, it was, it was, was running close this time. Sorry yes. about that, folks. Well, I apologize. It took me a long time to, to, to pick something this month. So that was, that was on me. So what are you picking uh, next month? <laughs> the month after that. Do I have to do two in a row? Well, yeah, because... This oh, this would normally be a sci-fi pick this month. You're right. This would be my pick, but because we are Legion mm-hmm. one, we're giving this one to fantasy, and the next month is back to normal, which would be okay. Okie dokie. You should do a poll. Okay, I think that's fair. You should you should be lazy and let them pick. Okay, you're right. That's a better idea. Uh, let's talk about we are Legion. We are Bob real fast because um, I have to record the final sort of vaginal fantasy. Oh, Ooh, yeah. I almost... No, sad, sad, but cross promotional. Uh, if, even if you've never listened to vaginal fantasy before, go check it out and and s- say sayonara to it. Yeah, it's a sad five end of years. an era. I know it's been a long time, but we just life gets in the way, and and it's just come to its natural conclusion and uh, we loved doing the show and, and we had a lot of great conversations and fun but yeah time to time to say goodbye all fantasies end eventually all good things as mm. they say yeah journeys all end good things all right so uh we are what doesn't end in the world is bob there are so many bobs so many bills bobs and rikers and all the bobs yeah and uh i i enjoyed every every one of them um yeah, I would say that reactions were pretty mixed on the forum. Some people just loved it as like a fun, you know, enjoyable read. And other people were like, well, this was like a three star. Like I had a good time with it, but it wasn't like amazing. I feel um, like to say reactions are mixed to a book is not is like uh, Dog Bites Man, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, that's what we're going to see. If everyone agrees about a book, positive or negative, that's unusual. That's where it's that's like, true. whoa, yeah. everybody mm-hmm. loved or hated this. That's the weird thing. So, and especially with a book like this, which has a flavor, like this is not a Neapolitan. This is chocolate. And if you don't like chocolate, well, first of all, you're crazy. Uh, if you don't like strawberry, let me pick that. You're not going to like it, right? But if you like strawberry, so much good strawberry. Uh, that That's the way I felt about this. And it's I like this flavor of book. So I love it. Me too. But I get that not everybody does. Samesies. Um, I, and I, I did agree with some of the criticism of the first chapter, which is something also that my husband Ryan said, uh, cause this is the first time we've read a book together at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the thing though, where he had, was already like 60% of the way through the book 
And I ended up reading all three of them before he even started the second <laughs> book. So he was real mad at that. He was like, I introduced this book to you. And I was like, well, well, hold up. But the, you threw out criticism fault. of the first chapter, but you didn't tell me what the criticism was. You're right. Um, it was just a little kind of like I was a little hokey, felt a little bit hokey to me. Um, the, the, and the, the, the wreck or the waking up? The no, before that, the whole like introduction to who Bob was. Uh, the the you know I'm hanging out in Las Vegas and selling right. my company. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was cute that he was like at a at a convention, um, and he was talking about how hot it was out, and I was like thinking about all the times that we were at Dragon Con and it was like yeah. 110 degrees out, and I was like, yeah, I can relate to that. Um, but it was yeah. So the the first part, but I had already been prepared. Like people had told me that the first chapter was a little bit slow, and then it really picked up. You know, after he died, and so I was like, all right, when is he gonna die? Is he dead yet? Is he dead? And I think uh, the because I had a little bit of that reaction to the first chapter, where I felt like it was not pandering. I wouldn't go that far, but I felt like it was almost like, hey, we know y'all sci-fi people like conventions. So I'm going to have him go to a convention. You could tell that Dennis C. Taylor has been to conventions because of little details like you're talking about. Like, it's really mm-hmm. hot and, and stuff. But there were also the sort of like, watching the stormtroopers cross the road. I'm like, okay, that's not that's not a new observation. That's not a unique observation. And I wanted more of those. But mm-hmm. I, I think if, if I had to guess what he was doing was, let me just give you the fact that it is a convention to let you know who Bob is. I'm not going to spend a lot of time at the convention though, because we need to get him into the, we need to upload yeah. him. Right. Yeah. Right. But then I felt it picked up pretty quickly after that. And I actually enjoyed the, the, uh, the way he kind of comes into his new self and how he's like, all right, I'm not going to panic. I'm going to kind of take this one day at a time. This is super weird, but this is my life. I chose this. This is better than being dead. At least I'm doing something. And I was like, I can relate to that. That feels like about how I would like to think I would handle this situation. Yeah, it's a normal day at work. You know, okay, this is my this is my new existence. Well, and he even touches on that. Like, am I me? And then is like, well, does it matter? Can't worry about that. Does it matter? (laughs) This is what I'm working with. It's like it's too late to worry about that. I feel like. Him waking up and learning about himself up through creating the virtual environments is the strongest part of this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've even started to read the second book, and I, I've, I still feel that way. I think this is the strongest part of that story. Uh, I I have two weak points. One is, like you say, at, at the beginning, the first chapter, but that's that's just kind of ramping up. So I'm more forgiving of that. I don't feel convinced why the personalities are as different as they end up being. I, yeah. I I get it. I don't reject the premise of like, well, each copy starts diverging, but they all diverge so quickly or maybe for the purposes like of the story, we just don't mm-hmm. see the, uh, the evolution. But I feel like it was a little easy to be like, oh, and now they're all different. Now there's a sulky one and now there's this and that. And I wanted a little more to convince me of that. Mm. Yeah, we didn't. He He never really gets into why. Like he has his own suspicions about yeah. why that happens. And maybe that should be enough. Like he just doesn't know that he's the first that's really gotten this far. So there's no real data around this happening because. And I was sitting there filling in in my mind like, oh, it could be uh, it could be data drift. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. each each copy mm-hmm. isn't exactly perfect or it, it, it could be, you know, just 
random chance, uh, you know, in nature versus nurture. Although I feel like that would manifest itself a little more slowly. Like I was thinking of all things that it could be, but I didn't, I didn't get those in the story. They, those were all things yeah. I was making up to fill in a gap that I felt was there. Once you get past that gap though, I love the idea that you have all of these copies that are roughly the same, uh, and, and, and approaching things in all these different ways. In fact, to the point that I kind of missed Bob, you know, we, we, we have the split and I had to go back and go, wait, where'd Bob go? And they're like, Oh, he went off to Eridani. Okay. I guess we'll catch up with him later, which of course we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was like we split and then I thought that was almost a really effective way of doing it because the, you, you would be able to just multiply that fast, as fast as materials would allow. Yeah. And I think it's kind of sweet that Bob is like, all right, well, I'm OG Bob. I'm the original Bob. I'm just going to go do my thing and I'm going to let my clones effectively take on the work of, you know, building the auto factories and, and building the basically mining for all the materials they need and, and building new ships and upgrading everything. I'm just going to go hang out with the Deltons and like, well, especially because right at the beginning, this is one of the things I loved is he talked about being the original Bob and they're like, what makes you the original? I mean, we're all copies, right? Mm -hmm. And we're all mm -hmm. copies of the original Bob who's no longer around because he dead <laughs> a long well, but, time yeah, ago. But they, but they don't re like, they really, they revere Bob and they revere they the later, early generations. But he makes that comment about being the original and they're like, why? Why, why are you the original? Why am I not the original? Like we're, yeah. we all have the same data set up until copy point. And, and, and I like that Bob doesn't try to become a tyrant, just goes, mm -hmm. eh, good point. I'm going to go do what I like then. Yeah, bye. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I so I, I did read all three books, so I'm treading lightly mm -hmm. to not kind of go off into spoiler territory for the rest of the books. Um, but yeah, I think it was, I, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, the situation with uh, Medieros, for example, was was pretty interesting and frustrating. Yeah. Like not being able to communicate with the only other thing that could really understand your existence is frustrating, I would yeah. imagine. And I, I felt like, like Medeiros was a step up from Guppy, right? Like mm -hmm. more had more personality, you know, an ability to interact, but didn't have the ability to change and comprehend. Right. It was like, nope, stuck to my purpose. I must yeah. kill you. And why? I, I just think the parameters weren't weren't as flexible as they were for Bob's matrix. Mm -hmm. And then the situation on Earth really spirals out of control pretty quickly. And Riker is kind of tasked with babysitting Earth yeah. effectively. Right. Um, and I, I really cracked up about. Riker or Will, as he later goes on to to call and himself, and Homer, and um, and all I, the all I, the folks know over there. Among the people who didn't like it as much, Claude. one of the complaints was that there were too many references. Right. Yeah, I mean, and and that's fair, but this is that's who Bob was. I mean, that's what would I do if I was cloned? How would I possibly come up with enough names or like my personality? I would probably do the same thing. And, and I think that's the key, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think people go, well, I would have been more creative. Well, okay, you would have done something different. We can argue whether it's actually up, more come creative. Come up with like 15 names that you would want to call yourself off the top of your head, like right now. I mean, now. I could do that and they wouldn't be the names that are used in this book, but that doesn't mean that's what Bob would do. 
Yeah. Because that's not the names I come up with are not going to be the names you come up with. And I know a lot of people would do exactly what Bob did, which is like, uh, well, the names I know are, are characters. So here are the characters I know, right? Makes perfect sense to me. I feel like I couldn't even think of enough character names. Even though I read so many books, like I just feel like that would be really hard. I would be Buster, Tammy, Nanjeel, Carrie, Barry, Tanith. <laughs> okay, all right. Are you, are you just like looking at your bookshelf right now? No, I was trying not to look at my bookshelf, and then I still <laughs> ended up saying Tanith because I started to run out. <laughs> See, it's hard. Um, I used to when I used to come up with character names for stories I was writing. I used to steal baseball player names, and I would I would swap them. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, like a name might be. Uh, Andrew Showalter, which I would be stealing from Buck Showalter and Andrew McCutcheon. Right. Okay. Yeah, I would just maybe just like, but I'm a girl. I can't even do baseball. Like I could name all the baseball players, but Pat, Bobby. <laughs> I was kind of hoping he'd wake up one day and just be like, I'm, you know, yes. I'm just going to be a lady now. Yeah, I was wondering like, why if that not was going to happen. Like, why wouldn't one of them kind of just evolve to to be a lady? Like, why not? It's all a spectrum. Even if he's like 98% heterosexual male, which he might be, like at one point, one of the copies would be like, I'm Pam. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm I'm Roberta. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) So I I thought that would have been fun, but. It didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I think I, I enjoyed it overall. I It was like, wow, there's so much life in the universe potentially. And that made me hopeful in some yeah. ways, even though I know it's just a sci-fi story. I was like, wow, like if we really get out there, like how, how long would it take us? The primitive tribe that he finds towards the end, uh, I, I, I felt like, and I know that the story carries on in mm-hmm. the in the other books but i felt like oh I, I want a whole i want a whole book about that you know i, I just want more of that story like that was you basically really, do get that later yeah <laughs> so. no I, I i i'm trying not to try not yeah. to mix the two because i've started to mm-hmm. read ahead as well but i i i sort of loved the fact that you have this incredible premise in this earth rescue story and colonization and then you have like an entire clan of the cave bear novel basically like being born within that it's great so i i mean i i burned through these really fast so i have a hard time giving this like a three star or something i i gave them all fives i'm pretty sure uh just because i i had a lot of fun and i wanted to go back to the world constantly yeah like when i wasn't reading the book i wanted to be reading the book and for me that's always a sign of like okay you're digging this on some subconscious level. Maybe either I want to feel like this could be a future where something like this can happen because I fear my own mortality and like the idea of death terrifies me. And so like if I'm like, okay, maybe we can figure this part out, this little part, but mm-hmm. probably no. Um, but I understand his desire, his drive to do that. Yeah, there are, there are books that I, I don't not enjoy, but I read them because I need to. Right. Hmm. There are mm-hmm. books that I uh, that I look forward to needing to read because I really enjoy spending time with uh, Mrs. Terabody, for instance, uh, in Solace. Then there are books that I just I just want to live in. Right. And and mm-hmm. this was one of those. That sounds like a pretty, pretty good, um, pretty good recommendation, Ben. 
Yes, it does. Tom is nodding his head. He just wasn't saying anything. Well, I just, I, yeah, I didn't have anything else to add on top of that. I'm sorry. That's okay. I forgive you. Oh, finally. <laughs> Eight years. I forgive everything. Everything you, you've ever done to me. What are you drinking me. again? <laughs> Truth serum. Flying Fish IPA, man. Brings out All the forgiveness. Right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, as you know, our show is entirely funded by our patrons. So thank you so much to all the folks who back our show. You can support us over at patreon.com slash sword and laser. Yeah, please do. Uh, monthly silliness goes out if you're $3 an episode. Uh, oh, this you, month is a doozy. Oh, wait, it's $5 an episode. $3 an episode gets you the books briefings. Uh, mm-hmm. And above that, you get random mail. Bunch of you, I know, had books show up on your doorsteps because you're at the random mail section and i had an idea for a swag that i think i'm going to work on Ooh, tonight very nice that i think is going to be really fun for random mail she can't she hasn't even told me this i can't wait to find out yeah i'm ex- I'm, ex- I'm stoked it's going to take some design Ooh. work though you could also support the show by buying books through our links you can find those links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites it's like a little virtual sword and laser bookshop at sword and slash picks and you can send us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our wonderful, fabulous, awesome discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can even call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Choice.